Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to That Healing Feeling. I'm Torsi and I created this podcast talking all things well-being, what makes us feel the absolute best in ourselves, and how we overcome challenges and heal with positivity and strength. This week's podcast guest is the wonderful Olivia Hazlitt. Fellow yoga teacher, me and Olivia explore how she was drawn to the practice, what inspired her to teach, and what yoga does for her on a personal level. We discuss the intensive nature of yoga teacher training, how yoga moves beyond the mat and into our personal lives, and the connection between the physical body and our emotional awareness. We both agree that yoga should offer a compassionate and safe space, and an environment of positivity and inclusivity. We also emphasise the importance of honouring the ancient tradition of yoga, as well as sharing its power with the world. Lastly, we touch on the transition from university to the working world, and the value in trusting your intuition and seeking what makes you feel joyful and energised. I hope that you love this episode. Amazing. So I'm so excited to be back with the podcast. And this week I have the lovely Libby. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. It's so exciting. Me and Liv have actually only met once briefly in person, <laughs> but I feel like I know you in real life. Instagram and stuff. Um, we're both quite yeah. similar spaces in the sense that we've kind of both done our yoga teacher trainings during uni. But I thought I'd start, Liv, by just discussing how you kind of got into yoga. So when that started to have a more central place in your life. So... I think I started going to yoga classes quite young. I think I was sort of 14, 15. My mum, one of her best friends, trained to be a teacher. What was that sort of eight, seven, eight years ago now? Um, And we were her guinea pigs. We'd really done no yoga. But when she was doing her training, she needed to do practice sessions. So me and my mum did the practice sessions with her. Um, And then we'd sort of go to her class every week. And I was sort of at school and then playing lots of sport. It wasn't really a central part of my life at all. Um, But Michaela, this um, lovely lady who was the teacher, she always used to say to me, she's like, 
you should you would be a great teacher you should do your training and I was just thinking nah like I you know, I never thought about it it wasn't really a thing I was just you know flitting around I was like I don't know 16 I was like nah, nah, nah. and I sort of continued practicing when I was about 16 I did the um yoga with Adrian 30 days of yoga I think so many people have done that and that's really entered into the yoga space I mean she's amazing um so I did that and I did the full 30 days um and it was a new year's resolution I think when I was about yeah 16 or so so was that seven years ago now um and then it became more of a regular thing in my life I would do it um before sport played a lot of hockey and I did athletics in the summer and I would always do um yoga before and I just remember it making me feel just so much better um and then at uni I continued but it didn't really I wouldn't say it became a central part of my life until about early 2019 so actually quite recently when it was like a consistent practice and I feel like I got into it um on a deeper level in terms of just the stuff that was going on in my life and I really felt that I sort of lent on yoga. I, I did had a quite a big breakup then. And so it seems like it was sort of a phase was ending, lots of transition. Mm. And I really lent on yoga in, in that period. Um, and then I had a year abroad in my degree. I did Italian and Spanish. Um, and I had a year abroad. And it was sort of during that period, I just thought, I saw it on Instagram. It was this studio in Florence, in Italy, and it, it said, come join us. The la- It was like the last space, come join us in a month's time to come do your 200-hour training. And I just thought, let's do it. Let, let's do it. I'll just, I just messaged them back being like, I'm interested. They emailed me. I think I, I think I went into one of my friend's rooms I was living with, and I was just like, should I do this? And they were just like, yeah, do it. And so I did it and signed up. And then at the right at the beginning of my year abroad, I did my yoga teacher training in Florence, in Italy. Um, it was like an intensive month. And I think, yeah, from there, I just learned so much more about yoga that I hadn't before in the classes. I feel like that is sometimes a flaw in the yoga industry. I think you only really like sort of dip your toe in when you go to classes. And it's something I really try and incorporate in my own classes is giving people more of sort of background and more of the why and what you're doing and the intention behind it because I really felt like I explored that in the training um and then obviously from there just continue to teach and it's now it is now my life it's now my job which is insane to me looking back on it it's it's insane that that sort of shift if you told me I don't know three years ago that this is what I would be doing like my life is so different I feel so different and that it, it it's I think a lot of people have gone through that the last two years but I do I just look back on that person and I just I I do recognize her I like I know her but it's just it's just not yeah it's not me who I am now which is so interesting and that's what yoga can do I think it's crazy isn't it I completely agree I feel like I look at myself before it held more space in my life and I do like you say like you recognize her but you're just like it's offered so much space to go deeper um which is amazing how did you find your training because it's obviously different in mine in the sense yours was in part was yours in person yeah 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 Yeah. but how did you find that was it I mean you said it was intensive but I assume it was very intense (laughs) it was I mean it was probably one of the most extraordinary things I, I think I've ever done so and I hadn't prepared for it. We just 
finished our what was it my second year at uni so you have that period of everyone's not doing exams anymore everyone's partying I had my 21st birthday you know it was just sort of flitting around yeah and then I went to this this training and oh my word I mean so it was a power yoga I'm, I'm qualified primarily in power yoga basically it was such a practical teaching I sort of so scary to begin with my teacher was really um fierce in the sense that like from day one we would read she gave us the manual and probably an hour in she'd be like okay um Olivia go up and teach um sun salutation a wow and I remember I remember being like I have I have no idea and she was like this is how you learn like that's how you figure it out you have to be on the spot you have to learn as a yoga teacher to not show anyone else that you don't know what you're doing and I it was the biggest learning curve and if if you said anything sort of like sorry or oh I don't know she would literally be like no no you can't say that you can't. like it was she was really strict in that sense and I really really respect that because at the time I was like oh my gosh um and she was like I don't care if you get it wrong just teach something teach if you do the wrong side or say the wrong thing just teach something and it was this was literally day one and I I it was so scary and we were teaching obviously there were five of us in the group so we were teaching each other as well and we'd only just met each other so obviously you have that dimension as well because you're like well it's quite embarrassing but actually soon we learned like you just got to be vulnerable. You've got to be so open. You've got to be just like an absolute open book and you're there and you you have the control, even though you don't know it. And so we were teaching the whole time. It was super physical. She'd make us repeat the sequence over and over and over again. And, and then in the evening at 6 p.m., we would do the evening power class. We'd practice again and then and then go to bed and we'd do it again. And it was that like that for a month. Wow. Um, and it, yeah, oh, wow. It was pretty insane. And it was sort of, <laughs> July in Florence so it was like late 30s degrees it was like yeah it was an extremely transformational experience in sort of a physical sense but also a mental sense that my teacher um Julietta who's the um, main teacher at the studio I've just really respected her so so much and I looked at her and I was like we're the same age and I just thought this is crazy no, it is crazy. And also it's, it is funny, isn't it? Because I would say that something I really struggled with growing up is kind of confident in speaking and being kind of, yeah, assertive. And I think that becoming a teacher for me has helped me so much with that. I think, I mean, I, I won't lie. I still struggle sometimes in a tutorial. If <laughs> people okay. are gonna, Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, when it's something you, I think it's amazing when you become so passionate about something but also obviously like we've learned so much about the craft that it really does improve your ability to speak about it in front of a lot of people and I think that's helped me so so much and as much as I guess like at the beginning you were probably like how is she so kind of confident and this and kind of that but I guess by the end you're kind of like actually no I understand that you do just feel like yeah having that passion just does help you feel confident in your knowledge as well you believe in it so much then it comes across when you're speaking and it's not something you necessarily I don't know like it's not something I I put on you know it's not like a my yoga voice oh wait I have a yoga voice for sure I get made fun of a lot my (laughs) yoga voice (laughs) I have such a yoga voice but I know you're saying it's not you're not you're not faking your you're not faking no yeah exactly and it's funny because I guess 
when you kind of say like, oh, she would make me do it in front of people and teach people, it can seem like that's quite, not aggressive, but quite intense. But it's, it is still coming from a compassionate place because she's not saying I'm going to belittle you and judge you. She's just saying this is no. going to help you grow quicker and learn quicker. Yeah. And it, it, it sounds a bit savage. She, she would literally say you, you're going to stay there until you teach the sequence, you know, and that is hard. Like, but it, it, it's what yoga is. It's that ability to sit with like discomfort, sit yeah. with like, oh, you're squirming and I don't like this. And, but it's like, why don't I like it? I don't like it because I always want to seem like I have everything together. And I always want to seem like I know what I'm saying. And I always want to seem like, you know, I'm this confident person that's got everything together when it's like, that's not, that's not what it is. You're, you're trying just to sit with this feeling of uncomfortable. I don't want to do it and do it anyway. And then when you do that, you're you're growing and you're and she would always teach us like if you make a mistake that's so fine don't say sorry but make a joke of it like we're human I literally make a mistake in probably every single class (laughs) same but no one cares it's like they are so often my students get confused even if I'm saying the right thing so you know they know yeah no, exactly. I, I love what you say about kind of that thing that yoga is about sitting with discomfort and still remaining at your center. Because I think in life, we just always want to feel at ease, basically. And this is why I feel like for me, yoga translates to everyday life so well for me when you get to the base level of it. Because I feel like, yeah, in life, we kind of always want quick fixes. We always want to feel at ease but with yoga you don't you're not gonna be able to do a headstand straight away it takes time and you're not going to be able to feel completely confident in your own practice for a while that takes time and yeah likewise with postures you don't always feel at ease but it's learning how to sit with the discomfort and become stronger through it and that's the same with life like we're not gonna challenge if we don't challenge ourselves we're not gonna grow and learn yeah and then that just like translates into your whole life, like your relationships you form with people, your your moods, your your everything. And I think that was something that like really switched with me in terms of my yoga practice. Even before the training, it was like I would go to a studio. It's a really great studio um, in my hometown of Winchester, and I would go there and and like sometimes you just like cry like in class. But yeah. that to me was like such an amazing step. Because I would never cry, like, you know, I would always take myself out of a situation, even if I if I felt like I was sort of nearly there or, you know, I really recognized that I, I really did try and bury a lot. Yeah. And when you start just letting yourself feel, it's insane. It's yeah. like the most transformational thing. Yeah, it's amazing. It's like in life when kind of we get triggered by things, it's, it's taking the step to instead of ignoring that and getting angry, it's a step of of being like actually okay that's that's done that for me and therefore there's something to uncover and something to work into and that's the same with yoga is once you realize that everything that comes up is a space to grow and learn rather than a space to cover and hide that's that's when you can start to grow and that's like you're saying like it's and that's why I think it's just so amazing and I think that is the thing with yoga being more than just the physical practice and like with you I I'm very kind of consistently trying to like you said earlier, demonstrates when I teach that it's not all about the movement. Like obviously it's amazing physically, no dispute in that at all. Um, but it, I think it is when you start to discover 
further layers of how it can genuinely change how you live. And so often people don't actually realize that they know they're getting the emotional benefit because the feeling that you have post yoga, you know, that post yoga feeling where you're like, I just feel serene. I feel like anyone could come up to me and I I could just be like, well, it's fine. And just walk in the other direction. Or, you know, I feel like everyone feels that kind of, I feel chilled. I feel calm, but you, you don't realize it. You can sneak it in because when people start to notice what's happening in their own bodies, and I think a lot of people are very detached from their own bodies. I think maybe us as previous athletes have that as a benefit because we've always sort of been used to, oh, I feel a little twinge in my glute or, oh, my legs aren't quite responding today. I think if you don't come from that background, I think it's really, really common to be quite disconnected from your own body, like not really know what's going on or maybe like in terms of like, I think I take it for granted that my anatomy knowledge is quite high, but actually the the average person, your anatomy knowledge isn't actually that high. And so, you know, saying yoga, we say like, notice how you feel or notice how you feel. Maybe you can feel your shoulder opening or these really tiny things or like notice how your breath feels or put your hand on your stomach. What that does is you're trying to like create those neural pathways of like awareness in your own body. And that will inevitably translate into awareness of your own feelings as well. If you're going around with your day, because they're so connected that like once you start to create like an awareness practice almost, and that's simply doing yoga. And then when you, you take that into a normal situation, you feel anger or you feel just defensiveness And you can notice that in your body and you can also notice that in your feelings. And then so it does translate. And I think a lot of people don't realize it. But even if it's not necessarily intentional, that non-physical aspect of yoga is just like so there. No, absolutely. I'm someone, I don't know about you, but I'm someone who really channels pain um, or channels emotional pain through my body. And it's amazing when you can start to notice. So I had a bit of pain in my right knee the other day and like, normally I'd be like oh what what like yeah which which tendons kind of inflamed I I I guess it's a kind of a double thing for me because like you say having that awareness physically is such a benefit but I think actually at one point it was my awareness was almost too high like I was I was too in my body if that makes sense because obviously there there are levels of this yeah I kind of almost went kind of too far the other way where I literally was my body and I felt everything through my body um and was almost yeah, disassociated from my mind and my kind of spirit. And that was kind of almost too far the other way. But it is so interesting how you can start to connect. And it's it's basically, you want to have that kind of equal, yoga is union, right? You want that equal union between your body, mind and spirit. And if you're kind of too much in one or the other, you're gonna feel that lack of balance um, and clarity. Yeah. And I think it's amazing, like you say, even just explaining it like you did is so helpful, I think, to a lot of people. And I think a lot of people do feel dissociated from their bodies because, yeah, they're not in touch with it. Like you say, they're not they don't have that knowledge of the anatomy. But also, I think we're in a huge crisis, especially I feel like in kind of the present day due to social media where people just look at their bodies with hate, which is a strong word, but I feel like. I've I unfortunately don't know many women who haven't at some point had kind of some essence of body dysmorphia maybe that's a bit strong to say but all have looked at their bodies in a destructive light and have used exercise or even maybe like power yoga or like more kind of intensive forms of yoga as kind of a destructive kind of punishment when yoga is so 
kind of the opposite to that it's a constructive form of movement I don't know what what do you think about that in terms of like that dissociation like do you think that's something that is quite relevant definitely and it's one of those that I have students that um for me I like to see if I can see progress and obviously progress in in yoga can mean a lot of different things like for example one of my best friends she comes to my class as well to be fair it took her a while to actually come to the classes she's like no yoga's not for me not for me not for me and you know you can't force anyone to come to yoga that that is something that has to come from them yeah um so fridge she didn't come and she won't mind me saying this by the way this is a <laughs> really consensual story and then um, she um then start to come and um she loved the physical she loved sort of challenging herself to get into positions um and in shavasana she would always go on her phone like she would always go on her phone she like just couldn't couldn't stay still like shavasana was the most uncomfortable position for her um and she would go on phone but now you know she said to me the other day she's like I've never let this on to you at the beginning but I used to I used to check my emails in, in shavasana and now I don't and I just felt so proud of her in that moment. And that was an amazing progression for me. And then I have also have students where I personally try and, and almost challenge them to take a child's pose in my power class. Yeah. You know, like challenge yourself to take the quote unquote easier option. Like that to me progress if you are coming and you've had a really stressful day at work and you're coming and you're taking all of the vinyasas you're taking little extra options that I offer and you're not taking any child's pose or you're sort of pushing yourself beyond 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 that's when I notice progress of when those people can take child's poses and that's as you say it's 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 people come to yoga with different things going on and I I hope that as you say for people that maybe like to push themselves and they use it as an exercise, I'm sneaking in. I'm sneaking in. Yoga asana is the gateway drug. <laughs> I'm yeah. sneaking in that compassion, self-love, that sense of holding yourself, holding space for yourself, feeling your own body, not in the sense of um, uh, hate, as you say, or as in, oh, I don't like what's happening here, just in a really compassionate way, letting your stomach relax yeah is huge I think a lot of people hold it in and a lot of the time I like to say relax your stomach let it go out because otherwise we can't breathe yeah and it's something especially as women we've been conditioned to hold it in yeah um that that I think is a, a one um but yeah I, I hope that um in the way that I teach power is something that is is more than the physical because I do feel like it it really helps people relax. And I always do a really extended Shavasana. I'll never skimp on Shavasana. No. I think that's really important. Yeah, no, I complete I yeah, I completely agree. And also just uh not that you need validation but I've done your classes and you always make me feel amazing after them. So <laughs> I love that. It's so nice. It is so nice to hear though because especially with online sometimes you don't like get feedback at all. I know. And then you're sort of like, I I think it is is funny. I was going to talk to you about this. Obviously, you did your teacher training and then I assume fairly quickly kind of COVID kicked off a bit and you were still at uni. So were you teaching at this point? Did you start teaching a little bit in person before you went on to Zoom? 
So because I did the training like right at the beginning of my year abroad, I then moved to Spain. So I then moved to Madrid and I started a new job. I was working in marketing and I only picked up Spanish at uni and I didn't work very hard in first year. So I wasn't great at Spanish at that <laughs> point. And so I, I moved and I had to start this new job speaking Spanish. Um, and I went to yoga. I found yoga studios there, but I didn't teach at all. I didn't do the training with the intention of this is what I'm going to do. I just thought this is something I want to learn about. And this is something that I want, you know, I, I, I really, they even asked us, they're like, so do you attend on teaching? Like, does anyone intend on opening a studio? And I was like, oh God, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Which is so funny looking back on it now. Um, so yeah, I moved to Madrid. Um, I practiced a lot of yoga there. Um, went to some quite mental classes. It's so funny how the classes differ in different countries. I didn't teach at all there and then I then um, came back for Christmas and then in the new year I moved to Italy to start my like second half of my year abroad and I was there for six weeks I was just about to start teaching in the studio that I qualified in and then Covid hit and Covid hit Italy first um, I came home at the end of February 2020 um, and yeah and then I started teaching online for charity in March 2020 in the lockdown yeah um so I didn't do any in-person teaching really um at all yeah well I've barely done any which is mad because that's when I started I yeah. guess when you, that's so when you started doing your charity classes in March that's when I kind of started doing my teacher training I think my teacher training was started in May so I'm kind of like a few years behind um but it is crazy because I've, I've literally got an in-person class this afternoon and I feel fine for it but I was like I actually haven't done that much in person like it's going to be really interesting uh, <laughs> I teach in person now which is so nice we have yeah. um uh, I work for a company called Balance and Glow here on the island um and I do their some of their marketing for them and also teach for them and we have a corporate client um a uh, really cool company it's called the Ellen MacArthur Foundation and she was a sailor and she set up this company it's all about circular economy and it's all about consulting with businesses on how they can be more sustainable it's really cool oh, wow. um, and they yeah and they have employed us to do their like corporate well-being basically which has been fab so I teach wow. twice a week in person for them and that's been so nice I love it I sound so bad I'm obviously with consent nowadays but I love touching people <laughs> <laughs> shavasana massages yes yeah. well, yeah. I'm not allowed to do that today it's still kind of like COVID restrictions but oh, yeah but yeah. no I know it, I think that is a huge thing and like I do know that some people some students aren't as much of a fan of that but I always used to love it <laughs> I used to choose my teachers based on the facts that I did or did not do shavasana massages I kid yeah. you not <laughs> yeah. and obviously now like there's if any like yoga teachers are listening, you'll know that um, there, there are ways of getting consent that's really easy to do within your class that doesn't make people feel like they have to speak up around people. This is something I learned in my training that was so useful. Like ask people if they are comfortable with hands-on assisting, like when everyone's heads are down, so like child's pose, or if you're instructing people, maybe at the end they've got their eyes closed, they're in reclined butterfly, say, you can say things like, if you're okay with being touched, the arms, take your arms wide, or if you're not, take your hands closed. And that was something that I really 
thought was amazing in my training. She was so aware, and this was pre-COVID, she was so aware of, we do not know what people are bringing with them to class. Absolutely. Like, you do not know what your student has been through that day in their life, you know, and she, she would always say to us, just say sort of almost trivial things to make them feel validated that they can make that choice. So she would always be like, if you have a new tattoo or if you've got an injury, you'd rather me not touch you. And I thought she was really clever. She was really aware of sort of the energy in the room and how to make sure people feel safe. Yeah. And that's something that is pre-pandemic that is like so important now as well. Never. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. single people out there you never know and I thought that was a really good thing to learn um initially no definitely and I I my teachers um definitely kind of made me aware of that as well even just in terms of verbal cues as well just instead of kind of maybe if you see someone doing something which kind of isn't necessary the correct way for their body is kind of addressing the whole room with that cue not just them <laughs> exactly exactly, exactly. I, well, I've been to classes where I've been singled out and I find it so, so uncomfortable yeah I went to a class um the other day actually in um in Winchester and I I have one of those um life form travel mats because obviously we're bringing our mats to to, to studios at the moment and it has the like alignment cues in it. 
it's just like a, a I don't know a decoration for me anyway so I've yeah. got this map halfway through the class and it was a half a class it was a little bit a little bit slower than I normally practice and I was really focusing on you know the foundations which is really good for me um and we were in a warrior too and she was like saying the alignment and she was like because some of us don't have expensive alignment mats and I just thought oh my goodness like you are lucky that I I'm confident in my yoga practice but that would make some people not want to come back well I wouldn't come back to her class that's just not a compassionate thing to say it does it does slightly frustrate me and it it generally comes from sometimes teachers that are a bit older than me and I don't know whether they feel she's young and she thinks she knows what she's and I never do I it's that is something that I've quite realized coming into classes um having already qualified I think I find it sometimes quite an uncomfortable experience because I think people think oh she knows what she's doing and I don't know whether I've just had because those experiences where people have sort of called called me out like I was in another class and it, again it was a it was a half a class and we were doing a side bend and I just like to move I sort of close my eyes and I do I sort of move in like little micro movements which we could all like I encourage people to do and I was just moving my arm around in a circle like doing a little bit of a shoulder roll as we were doing the side bend which to me is like something you're allowed to do and she would, and the teacher signals me out and goes, yeah, in my vinyasa classes, I, I do that move. Yes, but we're in Hatha. And I just thought, what? sorry, I don't know. And, it, and I just feel, I feel sad because I, like, if someone's new to yoga, I just think that would really, like, put them off. They feel like they need to stay in a position and everyone needs to stay there and, you know, oh, I don't know. Also, the it's practice is about freedom and exploring your body. Exactly. So- if that's what's going to make you feel and I literally say like in all my classes I'm like if you want to do extra postures or or not do my postures like I'm here as a guide but it's your body and it's your movement exactly and yeah. so these little instances have sort of reminded me a lot of the time I live in a little box I think and I think god yoga is so inclusive come to class there's always loads of modifications and I never you know when people say to me oh I could never do that but it's like maybe they have had an experience like that that's really put them off so I just hope we're just spreading positive vibes about yoga um I feel like we're very on the same page with it which is really nice (laughs) yeah yeah and just if you're listening if you've been to a yoga class and they've said something annoying to you just just don't take any notice no go to another class I was going to speak to you as well about um kind of the westernization of yoga because I think it's something that I'm really aware of and I mean, I think we've touched on this a little bit earlier anyway, like like we were saying earlier, always drawing in a little bit of the philosophy and kind of going beyond just the physical anatomy. How do you feel about that in your classes? Do you Are you quite conscious of that kind of Western kind of idea of yoga where we've got the matching kit and the we're all we're able to do the yeah. hard poses and that's all that matters, like the external? Yeah, it, it's a real it's a really, really tricky one, you know, because we are white women that are, we also live in very accepted bodies. You know, we yeah. can never speak for anyone else. And I could never speak on behalf of someone, maybe a South Asian person that feels like I'm not re- representing yoga. Um, but I do, I do really, really try to be educated around it. Like making sure you know what you're saying. Yeah. And, and for me, like a lot of the time, if, even like 
if I'm not really sure how to pronounce a Sanskrit name, I don't say it in Sanskrit. You know, it's just those things that like, you just got to be sensitive. And I actually, I do think that my language degree really helped me in that sense, sort of just accepting and understanding other cultures and how to, how to really approach things in a way that you are honoring the, you're honoring the roots. Um, but for me, I just think it's such a win that more and more people in this country, in the westernized world or whatever we want to call it mm. are coming to yoga because we we shun these ancient practices so much as a society and and I am not at, by any means anti-science or anti you know educational or normal avenues of, of of thinking but we we shun these practices so much and actually what a great thing that like yoga is becoming more accepted in our society meditation all those things that are oh they're woo woo five years ago people yeah. really really shunned them and I, I think more and more they're coming into our lives and we're accepting things that we can't necessarily prove or you know you you know it makes you feel good so why not keep doing it you don't have to have evidence behind it um but yeah it it is really important like for me I I don't like the idea of like hit yoga or yoga lattes or any kind of hybrid (laughs) situation or goat yoga that to me is offensive I think Yeah. yeah yeah that balance needs to be sort of reassessed the commercialization of yoga in terms of like the slogans where you're using a Sanskrit word in like a punny way doesn't sit well with me. And actually I think we've seen a lot of brands get called out on that, you know, yeah. even like, it's just not appreciative of the culture. The things that I've seen, like kind of like yoga for weight loss or like yoga for a flat stomach. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no. But- it is those things and I think there's some great resources out there now especially during like the BLM stuff in in 2020 I learned so much from um teachers online um when I did my I did a mandala and mentoring training with Julie Montague from whole self yoga a whole module on um cultural appreciation or appropriation how we hold space for people and that was fantastic so i would just say if there's a training that you can go to as a yoga teacher um it's a, it's a fantastic thing to do um just to educate yourself and um just really know what you're like what you're saying i think is yeah. the main thing for me it's kind of like a balance between honoring the roots but also trying to get draw people to feel included and not feel like they can't it can't hold space for them yeah that's the thing for me is like I don't want to and scare people off is again kind of problematic for me to say that kind of the ancient traditions could scare people off but I do think it's like trying to be inclusive so that people can then take the steps necessary to discover what it actually is yeah exactly and we have to respect the fact that that the that people that come into yoga come from a different society, come from a different way of thinking. And that that's okay. Like that is okay. We we can come at it from different angles um, as long as we are moving in the right direction. And I think the shorter classes online that I that you see are sort of playing into that. We're all so busy all the time. We need to keep go, 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 go. When actually just two minutes lying on your back or sitting in Sukhasana or, or whatever, the beginning of a class, it's just so important. It's two minutes of staying yeah. still. Like it, yeah. no one's asking you to stay still for 50 minutes in a meditation. It's, it's just 
I just re- I do believe that you need to set your intention. You need to ground yourself, even if you're not even thinking, oh, I'm grounding myself. It's just sit still for a moment, close your eyes, take a breath. For me to kind of be ready to start the class, I have to take at least five minutes to sit, yeah, sukhasana, pranayam, and then get going into the movement. And I, and my students have always said, like in in the feedback I do get, they always say, I love that beginning bit and the end bit, because it, it just, it begins the practice in a grounded mindset and it ends the practice in a grounded mindset. Actually, I think a lot more people in our country at least, and this is obviously quite a monolithic way of saying it, but I think, we need to be relaxing and restoring more so that we can actually do stuff in the present space. It's like like toxic productivity, isn't it? It's like, got to be busy all the time. Got to fill my day. And even now I I definitely feel it. It's this external pressure. Like, like for example, um, my job or that is sort of teaching yoga, doing some freelance marketing. It's not a nine to five but it's a perfectly valid job. Absolutely. <laughs> and, but still, sometimes there's a voice in my head going, it's 3 p.m., why are you relaxing? It's like, well, I'm relaxing because I've got a class at 6 p.m. Yeah. So why, you, you know, and it's like, but I still have this, there's this, there's this sort of person on my shoulder going, well, people with normal jobs, they're working nine till five, they're working harder than you, they're more valid than you. But it's like, no, we need to reframe ourselves Yeah. Yeah. And just know that, that what you're doing needs energy. And like, as a teacher, you can't give from nothing. Like you, it is exhausting. Yeah. You, we have to practice what we preach. Like me and you, to, and you have to fill your yeah. cup first. And if you're depleted and not taking that time for your own practice, or even if that practice is not necessary, your uh, like physical asana, if it's your meditation or your journaling, or even just like holding space to have a clean environment, like, it's so totally because otherwise you can't actually fit you you're not teaching what you're doing (laughs) yeah and it can be anything as well like these sort of self-care practices are something like like for me sometimes it looks like just not doing my post-class admin where I do all the register and make sure people's passes are still maybe it's just finishing teaching just closing the laptop do it tomorrow morning and watch like RuPaul's Drag Race that I love makes me yeah. feel so happy you know or like something like that that is still that is still filling your cup and yeah. I think you know people think oh I've got to do all these drastic things and and light light incense and you know no. it's just something that you know makes you feel happy makes you feel relaxed and if that's Drag Race UK it is for me yeah, <laughs> you know that's absolutely valid and you're you're saying to yourself right boundaries I'm depleted right now close the laptop because that's another thing about self being self-employed you can't work nine to five you know it's those random and as yoga teachers we work when other people aren't working because that's what we do we support people so um yeah it's really important practice what you teach my favorite thing yeah it's so true it is so true as a society we see kind of pressing pause as almost a weak thing but it's actually such a strong thing to do it's so ironic I mean this is kind of drawing in an example but just things like for example going to therapy we see it as a weak thing when actually it's the strongest thing ever and I think that is the problem is that see yeah that kind of idea of being not perfect which actually wants to yeah. acknowledge is such a stronger thing to be able to move on from crazy when you see it like that and just like this conversation is so good because it just 
demonstrates how toxic that is, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And, and it, it also, like we were saying at the beginning, it, it validates that sort of, I don't have time to feel, put the feeling in a box, move on, because I don't actually have time and everything's going really, really fast. Yeah. And then you start to, and I feel like I sort of lived that and I started creating these relationships that then weren't genuine and it spirals, like it really spirals. And I remember, you know, when you don't then open up to other people, you're not opening up to yourself either. It's okay to not engage with people. It's okay to sort of really acknowledge how different people's energies make you feel as well. And like protecting your own energy is so important. And I think these little instances in your life, I know, I feel like once you look back on them or journal on them, that's, that was huge for me a couple of years ago, just writing things down sounds so simple but just writing things down doing that shadow work when I mean, we call it in in our in our practice you know not everything is great and dandy in yoga like we do need to acknowledge like some things come up when you have to confront yourself in, in maybe places that you don't want to like it's uncomfortable and you, you acknowledge behaviors of yourself that aren't you don't like and that's okay and we yeah. could just deal with those that's doing the shadow work you know but it's not until you kind of have the space to be able to see them that you can work on them. And that's why it's so amazing. And also, like you say, with kind of protecting your energy. I think I've really struggled with that. I mean, I had a real, real low a few years ago and I've done so, so much work to come out of that. But I think there is kind of that space of like, oh, I don't want yeah. to, I don't want to always seem like fine or whatever, because obviously other people still struggle and things, but you have to, you can't like dampen your shine for the like other people. You have to kind of, protect yourself at the same time ultimately these practices are simple it doesn't have to be so mm-hmm. crazy like that's just it's just doing what makes you feel good like that's all that's and that's what this podcast is about I mean exploring these things and yeah it is at the base yeah. of it, it's simple um in terms of that transition between being at uni and being a student to now, we were saying this before, like, I think that's a really kind of big transition for a lot of people, kind of our friends at the moment. How are you feeling? Because obviously I'm still a student. I'm still a little bit, a little bit behind. Yeah. <laughs> um, but how are you feeling in terms of, in terms of that? So I would just say like, it's such a hard time. Um, and I think if you, are of that age where you've just graduated especially with COVID as well like I think a lot of people have really struggled and if that is you like that is so valid where and it's such a tricky thing to navigate just because like for me it was always that sort of like you should get a grad job you should apply to a scheme you should have already got an internship um and go and walk, work for some corporate company doing something you don't particularly like but then you're on the ladder you know it was was that like sort of battle with like should and actually want to do and because I'd been what teaching the whole way through my fourth year of uni so I had been I had been working and because it felt like a hobby and it felt like something I love to do it like so cliche but like it didn't feel like a job but then you almost don't feel like it's validated as a job either but it is but just because you love it so much I moved over here to the island for a month in the summer and I was doing lots of work for Balance and Glow like we're doing beach yoga and whatever and then it came to September and they offered me um, a marketing role and I just thought that is exactly what I was doing and now I do that part-time and I also um, 
teach part-time and it was just one of those things that like that makes sense for me and it's not a nine-to-five but it like that is so fine and I just would encourage people to like just keep seeking out those things that give you joy and if you don't know what that thing is just keep trying new things that aren't necessarily like work applications and I I know that comes from a place of privilege for sure because like for example I don't pay rent my parents own this house you know that is a huge privilege that I have but I did work alongside uni for a year and a half you know so it's those kind of things that you have to recognize that it's a huge privilege but if you have that ability just to have a little time to search it out like I would just so recommend doing that yeah and I think it's that that problem of kind of what we see as being successful and for ultimately success should just be doing something that brings you joy and I think yeah it's so it's so hard for me to see kind of people feel like they have to follow a specific career path in order to be successful and it is but it is such a narrative and I think it just needs to start shifting people kind of going into these jobs that like you say it's funny because as much as you don't want to be doing a job that doesn't serve you at the same time you kind of feel a kind of if you enjoy your job then it's not kind of actually like the job you should be doing which is crazy because ultimately like we should be seeking out careers and seeking out like how we live in terms of how it brings us joy um because also you've got one chance you've got to got to use it you know I know exactly exactly and it's just like a lot of pressure and it comes back to that yoga practice just knowing yourself and like just trusting yourself that like you you can do what you want to do like you don't you, you are capable of doing yeah. that and that's a big that is a big thing to like yeah. acknowledge and it's your response like, it's your life it's your responsibility like you can do whatever you want like, it's all yeah. in your hands rather that stability that then means that you can do other things that you like to do like great like yeah go do that it's like it needs to come from that like good place otherwise we do waste like early 20s just like feeling like we have to you know start at the bottom and just work nights and I don't know yeah Yeah. it doesn't do it for me but also I just feel like yeah there's so many opportunities and like there's so much there's so many ways your life can go like just don't yeah don't feel the need to kind of have to head down kind of head first one linear pathway because that's not going to make you happy then what literally what is the point (laughs) what is the point I know I know that's the thing I I fully I fully agree with you but I think having more conversations like this and like even people listening to this is just so helpful to show that kind of it's not it's not you're not a failure if you don't go straight into the career you want to no. do you know there's different life happens in so, so yeah. many different ways like circumstances change and ultimately as well if you're doing it because you feel like you should or like you feel like you're going to get an external opinion of yourself like we can't do anything for other people you have to do it for yourself because you're always going to be living outside of yourself you have to do it from you you know yeah like for me, I, d- I don't know about you, but a lot of it was like, okay, I'm going to go to uni and then I'm going to move to London and everyone's going to be in London and that's going to be the end of it. I, I definitely acknowledge this narrative. I've, I've seen it and I've been exposed to it, but I've just never, ever had any desire to go into a nine to five office job in London ever like ever <laughs> yeah you know, I thought I that's what I thought I was going to do genuinely I was like yeah. I'm going to go to uni get a good degree then I'm going to move to London and I'm going to rent for thousands of pounds a month <laughs> and like have no money and but be be 
great because I'm in London and that's where you should be in your early 20s um yeah. and then I um I met my boyfriend now two years ago now and he's South African like really just like doesn't care about what other people think or doesn't care about like the proper thing to do because he just yeah. did he didn't grow up with it, whatever and he said to me and I was like oh yeah like as it was like early in the relationship and I was like oh yeah like where where do you see yourself post uni and, and like would you see yourself in London and he was like absolutely not can't do with cities like don't I uh, know absolutely not and I, I looked at him and I was like this is crazy like this man doesn't doesn't want to move to London and be in this vibey life <laughs> and looking back on that now I'm like I don't want to be there either but it was like so that wake up call and he's yeah. so sort of refreshing in that way for me yeah. because I just like hadn't been around people like that yeah like that's what I thought I should do is that like linear path and actually yeah. that's not for me and that is great like that's so fine I now live by myself on the island point. yeah <laughs> the island girl no I was gonna say as well like literally and I'm saying this on your behalf as well because I'm sure you agree with me this is literally no disrespect to anyone who's gone down that career path absolutely not absolutely not no no judgment at all it's just saying that like if that's for you that's fantastic and I'm completely happy for you just for me personally and live as well Oh, Liv, I could literally talk to you literally all day about this kind of thing, but I probably should go on to the final three questions. Um, <laughs> so I asked these to all my guests. I actually love it. It's really fun. So the first one is, what is something you do each day to feel your best? Any sort of movement. Like this morning I did 12 minutes of sun salutations and I just feel so much better. I always think, do you know your love language? Yeah, mine's touch is mine and you know how interesting that is because I just feel like if you reflect that back on yourself like if you're self-love like that's like movement like physical touch physical movement I think I come to that conclusion it's just so important to my life yeah no I agree I also love how you put that spin on love language in the sense that like I think when we speak about love language we often see it as like how we are with other people but actually Mm. like I mean yoga in itself is a self-loving practice so it's actually like drawing attention to like drawing that love language into your how you are with yourself it's so fascinating like if it's like if your love language is words of affirmation try telling yourself like try writing affirmations down on your mirror oh no I love that that's really lovely okay so (laughs) second question is what is a goal you have or a way you want to grow in the next year I would say I in terms of goals kind of career goals I really want to do more events I want to host lots of events I'm really keen to do lots of workshops and here on the island we're doing lots of retreats which I'm so excited for um and I just think it's an amazing place to like meet people and um sort of personal ones I just think continuing to do new things like I think that's so important for me um I really want to try at the moment I really want to get I want to find a tennis coach I want to get into tennis. Ah. New challenges is definitely something because I know that it just makes me, it lights me up, makes me happy. Yeah. No, that's so good. I mean, if you do a retreat in, in the Isle of Wight, I will definitely come. <laughs> so. Yeah, I will. I, it's definitely on the plan. So, no, yeah. That's, that's really exciting. And like, like, like you say, always just having those kind of little challenges that make you feel good is so good. Yeah. And that question in itself, I'm always aware of it because I was someone who kind of, would set goals in the past and then really define myself on the goals. And like, when I'm saying it here, I don't mean it in the sense of like, you have to achieve it or anything like that. It's just no. like, 
having goals that are fun and enjoyable to work towards, but not if you don't kind of necessarily meet them or you meet them in a different way than you thought you would, that's not saying you're a failure in any way. Just amazing. So final question is, do you have a quote or a mantra that you have in your life for positivity? Yeah. Follow your excitement. My favorite one. Oh, I love that. Every time. Trust your gut. Trust your body. Follow that excitement, you know? Yeah. No, so I love that. So true. Doing the things that make you feel good. Exactly. (laughs) Amazing. Oh, Liv, thank you so, so much for coming on. It's been so amazing. This is definitely going to be Thanks for having me. Well, no, it's going to be, it's going to be my longest episode, but I think everything there has value and I think everyone's going to really enjoy it. So thank you so much. It was so nice to speak to you. you I feel too. like we've known each other for ages. I know. It's so funny, isn't it? I feel like I know you a lot better now as well, which is really nice. <laughs> cool. Yeah, me too. Thank Livy so much for taking the time to record this episode with me. It was amazing to speak to such a like-minded person about the passions we share. And I really hope that you feel like you took some positivity away from this conversation. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.